It's been now nine days that I'm in this coffin and I, the only communication is with the walkie-talkie. And actually, I felt the most relaxed I felt my whole life. First, I want to answer the question, like why I was uh, against Elon Musk. I became excited about death in this challenge. I really was thinking about like that everyone will die and like we're just here. And like even as a YouTuber with millions of subscribers, like I will not matter at all if I die. And like uh, I'm nothing in this world. We are here to find out. So let's find out. Let's ask better questions to get closer to the truth. And if we get closer or further to the truth while we're alive, maybe it's some progress, I don't know. The following is a conversation with Fidias Panayotu. He's a YouTuber, vlogger, TikToker, an influencer, recently a born again podcaster, and perhaps the dumbest public intellectual thinker that ever walked on the surface of this magnificent and lonely planet of ours. Fidias is eminent for his insane, boundless determination and his epic, extreme endurance challenges, including himself being buried alive for 10 days in a coffin where he is currently still in, something that hopefully will become the main topic of this chat. Famously, a few months ago, Fidias managed, after a long struggle, to hug his absolute hero and greatest inspiration of his life, Elon Musk. Fidias is an incredible, brilliant, fun, kind, caring, and inspiring human being that I have the greatest of honors of being able to call a friend. Man, I'm dressed like this, can you imagine? So for the viewers, <laughs> this is our favorite podcast with my teacher, Lex Fitman podcast. And he's making a parody now. He's making <laughs> kind of fun of him. And by the way, guys, my teacher never never ever wear a costume <laughs> so this is the present because i've kissed the snake right of course there is a spiritual food i promise you have been buried alive for nine days and in a few hours you are entering the tenth and last first let people understand let us understand what what uh, i mean what is the challenge all about okay you are 10 days down there but what are what do you can actually do there? You are allowed to have your phone, maybe you... We don't really know what, what's, the, what's the rules there. What are the details and the restrictions you have? So tell us first. This is just the beginning. You will face more interesting questions after, but we have to understand what's going on there. <laughs> it's so funny, first of all. But yes, so I, uh, it's been now nine days that I'm in this coffin. And uh, I have no technology inside. Uh, the only thing I have is my uh, watch for the people outside to see if I'm well. And I, the only communication is with the walkie-talkie and the people outside that they are talking to me. So it was, 
an interesting uh, video, but surprisingly not as mentally difficult. Physically, it was a bit difficult, but the most difficult part uh, was going to the toilet. <laughs> Um, we are not interested in your body, we are interested in your, in your soul. So toilet is not interesting for us. And your body things are not interesting. We're talking with your soul now, with your spirit. Um, anyway, what was interesting, so about your soul we want to know now. So you are down there and you you cannot see the faces of people. Is there anything? I mean, you, you just hear them talking. So you didn't miss the body language and the expression of the face of people. Do you feel something about it? We're talking to your spirit now, not to your body. Yes, actually, this uh, hearing only voices, it's a good, uh, you can communicate with people, but you miss, uh, I will say, like 60% of the real interaction and the fun part too. And you can, you can make jokes and stuff, but through the... It's, it's difficult and it's difficult to really connect on a deep level for me with them. But because they can watch me on a video form, you can show there. But uh, so only it's one sided that they can connect with me and I can't. Yes, and I guess also the fact that you have to talk through walkie talkie, you have to always control. I mean, you cannot communicate, I think. For, for us, it's also difficult because you cannot talk simultaneously. You have to talk and then the other person has to stop talking and then the other... So it makes it difficult anyway. I can understand this. It was a very good learning experience for me to become a better podcaster because I needed to wait for other people to finish because I cannot talk to... One person at a time can talk in the walkie-talkie. So... so uh, Sometimes when I was talking to you, like, and we were discussing some philosophy stuff, I was like, no, 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 I want to stop. I want to st uh, stop him and ask him a question, but you kept going. And it was a good thing for me to learn to be a bit more patient to ask the question and let the other person finish. <laughs> we have to admit that this is one of your, of your weak points in podcasting. Maybe it's a feature, not a bug, but maybe it's a bug. Always a feature is a bug and the other way around anyway. Is it the other way around as well? Why not? What? Anyway, um, so I noticed that uh, you, you don't ask, uh, I mean, you, do you ever ask for food? You ask for help or you wait for people to to deliver it to you. I mean, I noticed that you, you don't really ask for things. You are such a good podcaster. Oh my God, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just a podcaster. I'm your guard here. For I mean, I noticed that you never ask us, give me food, give me this, give me that. Is it on purpose? You did, I mean, you said it like having no expectations. Do you have anything deeper about it? Or it was your, like a, a part of your character, like you wanted to be kind to us, not to make us troubles. Or you said it as a, as a goal, kind of. Yes, I had this as a principle in the whole challenge for me to not ask people for anything. Because uh, when I wanted to remove all my options. Because when you, ha when you can ask people to throw you whatever, an instrument inside or 
phone or uh, food or anything like or my favorite food then you start having options and as uh, we discussed a lot of times when you have options like your life become a bit less happy because then you need to choose from the options and then you need to face that the option that you chose it was not good but when you just wait and uh, for whatever mercy the people above have or or whatever they bring you you just you are a lot happier i think so you experience being like a, a leaf uh, on the on the on the stream like you had no expectations no options no desires no decisions so the, the paradox of choice was not an you you was experiencing i guess the, the absolute opposite of the paradox of choice yes and actually here i, I told you uh, as well i felt the most relaxed i felt my whole life because I was working this is kind of my job and also I was I, I, I had nothing to do I was just laying here and I was so relaxed and I'm still still I am relaxed and it's so beautiful actually how relaxed you will be when you remove all the options there is no option for me to leave the coffin there is no option for me to do anything so I was just relaxed yeah if you have no options it's 100% success <laughs> and, and I, I i was not expecting that uh, actually i was uh, I, i thought that uh, it would be the other way around but when i was inside the first days i was like oh my god this is brilliant this is amazing <laughs> no this is very interesting lesson i mean how how relaxed you are when you have no options And, and, and no decisions to take. I mean, it must, I don't know if people can appreciate other people this, but it can be a, an interesting practice for people to, to put themselves in this situation that you put, to have no, absolutely no options. You experience similar thing, right? When you uh, were taking care of me, uh, and because I had 24-7 supervision above, and he was taking shifts, So tell tell me about your experience. Our experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I, <laughs> I'm not prepared to say. I don't. I I don't know. Actually, it was we had a very very good time here. Very very good time, because we had also some restrictions in our life because of you. Okay, not like I mean we had some options, not like hundred percent, but we were quite restricted because you have to be around here. And okay, this restriction. It's good to have restrictions, you know, we knew that we have to be around here, so we do, did interesting things around here, which is nice. And we, because we had a common thing to care you, it makes us come closer with your family and everybody who was around here. I mean, Ellen and, and your family and me and my daughters. It, it was, I mean, we had a very good time here. Because also we, we restricted our options too. We couldn't go to the beach to the sea we had to be around here and we discovered interesting things to do around here well, it was very nice it was a very good experience do you think uh, it was uh, the f why you think the challenge brought you closer the family and your daughters and my family and you and uh, all the people above 
because you had a common goal or because you were restricted or a, maybe a different fact? Wait, who, who, is a pod, who is a guest and who is a host here in this podcast? <laughs> Why are you asking so many questions? You are a part of, of the challenge as well. So that's interesting. It's the, it's not, it's not, I was not the only, we were all in this together. No, but look, we, we had to face a, a weird situation. I mean, this is not a normal situation. We have to take care of you. Somebody had to be always here. It's both, I think, the common goal and the restrictions, which makes things easy. I mean, we wanted to have fun with uh, with your brother. We we went to the stream. We went for the water to come, and we swam in the water. And other people had fun around us. It was more fun than going in the best beach. And I mean, I don't know this this choice, this paradox of choice was. I mean, we faced the opposite of the paradox of choice too. Not in the ex- in the extent you did, but I can't explain why it was so relaxing for all of us here. It's also a very nice place here around. I mean, the nature is uh, outside the village, you know, in the fields, people were passing by, you know, other people were coming for the fields. We were eating fruits from around. I don't know, it was and springtime now and the flowers and very nice light, very nice weather. No, the, the, the moments I had to take care of you, I was sitting here alone for seven hours sometimes in the mornings. It was so nice, you know. A guy came here to take care of the of the bees. I, I talked to him, I learned about bees. I talked with your your grandfather, I brought my computer. I, you know, I was, I, I said in the internet, I had not many options around, but it was sunny, it was, I don't know. But we had a really good time. And I, I really cannot understand why it was so good time. I still have to think of it and I will give you the answer. Okay, we're going to put it in a paragraph in the description. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you're finishing the challenge now. What are your emotions about? Some extra emotions? You said, okay, already many of your thoughts and emotions, but what do you feel about it now? It's uh, like relief, you will miss the time there, you think? Or? You are in the cocoon now, maybe you don't want to go outside in this uh, wild and, you know, cold uh, world. Maybe you are, not, you are good there, down there. You don't have to face this uh, weird and cold world. <laughs> That's a good question that only you can ask. <laughs> but... Uh... Uh, I'm excited to go out, but it's like more like the journey, not the destination. I know after I'm very excited, like because I was I'm here for nine days and I was looking forward all the time to the 10th day that I would finish, I would get out. But uh, after in kind of all the challenges that I do, after I get out, after like 30, 40 minutes, all these emotions like, ah, back in real life uh, again. Maybe it will la- this will last a bit longer. This will last five, six hours, the excitement. But the whole emotions of now, I'm so, 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 so excited. So it's like uh, definitely an emotional roller coaster. And I do these challenges because I feel strong emotions, so strong emotions, like this uh, want to get out, this want to do stuff. This uh, want to stand like it's so strong, 
And that's why I love these challenges, actually, because uh, of the roller coaster of emotions. Just a, just a minute, I will kill your brother and I'll be back with. <laughs> Who is here? Evris <laughs> Monami, you know? Hello, Evris, how are you? Hello, Evris, it was Evris in the phone. <laughs> Um, my friend. Lydia! I'm trying to kill your brother, wait. My friend. We're doing a podcast. If you know what I mean. I have some technical difficulties. So interesting, your answer was interesting. Close this door. Thank you, you are so kind. So, um, <laughs> yes. Interesting. What else? Um, so I think we have to talk a bit about your friend there. I mean, the only face you could see really was the snake there. <laughs> so do you think, I mean, do you, did you develop any connection with this friend there? Really, or it was like a joke because we gave it to you in order not to be afraid of the snakes. We were making jokes that you become friends and you have I mean, bonding and uh, emotional bonding and, uh, you know, intimacy, <laughs> affection and whatever. Was it just a joke or you think something really, if you have any feelings about your only friend you have there? Uh, so uh, they gave me a surprise. It, it, uh, the snake was in, the bo in a box. We're going to put the images now, the videos uh, play. And uh, when I noticed that it was a snake and my only fear kind of in life was snakes, uh, I was kind of scared, uh, in very scared in the beginning, but then I was a bit relaxed because I'm also the person that is trying to face uh, his fears. And I was very happy because I was like, okay, I am actually afraid of snakes. And I'm definitely sure that after this challenge, I will not be afraid of snakes. Because we wanted to build this scene in the video that uh, we, I become final friends of the video. But now the question is, did I really got friends with the snake and I had uh, feelings for the snakes, uh, the snake, or it was just for the video? And the answer it was actually, I, I like the snake and I think I have feelings. I'm not going to play so much uh, with it after we finish because I'm not that kind of person. But uh, sometimes I was, it was like 5 a.m. in the morning and I was bored and I was playing with the snake. snake. So, so to answer your question, it really helped that I had some, someone to care, someone to feed, to put water. It really helped, uh, I think, uh, uh, my relationship wants in a way, my friends wants in a way, or something to do, something alive, except that some uh, uh, flies that they were here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you think, if I call you like after a month or something and tell you that the snake died, well, will you feel anything? I mean, 
something about the snake or you will not care? <laughs> While you were saying that, I felt sad. So probably I will feel sad as well. <laughs> so would you believe before that you would feel something like that for a snake? If somebody would tell you like two years ago? No, no, no. But it's also I was... I, I started understanding also the limitation of the snake and I started understanding the snake. Like for example, if you if I see a snake now, I, I will understand that it's too far maybe to do something to me. Or like, yeah, it's, it's like I, I, all the reasons that I was afraid of, I kind of understood that they were not so reasonable. <laughs> Do you know why you are, I mean, do you really, uh, are you really so much uh, scared of snakes? I mean, really so much like you described? Yeah, I think so, because uh, my family, I grew up in a family that were saying, oh, be careful when you go to the fields to, you're going to find a snake and you're, if you don't see it and you press on it, you venomous and you're going to die and like, there were, so my grandmother was saying so many stories of people that they died out of snakes and we found some snakes here in the here and they killed them uh, my family or whatever in the fields that it was venomous and stuff so uh, I was always grew up with this image but yeah it's uh, for no reason I think like just for those stories but it's good because you're facing, you understand that uh, something is illo not logical and you face it. Yes. So do, do you feel, think that the snake have developed any feelings or anything? I mean, with you, you think that when you were holding it and playing on your hands, the snake were feeling something positive? Do you think, have any emotions for you, the snake or some, something like? If a snake can have emotions anyway. I'm sure the snake liked most of the time that we spent together. Maybe not the first day because I was very afraid and probably she sensed it. But I'm not sure if she just likes me for my heat because the snake was a bit colder than my body and she just liked me for my heat. But like, I think she really liked when I let her out and she was playing by herself in the coffee and she was finding different places to hide or when she was, sometimes she was like for hours in my hand. So I think she, she, she liked it as well. Yeah, and maybe in another level, your consciousness was connecting somehow. So who knows? Yes, and there we're facing again the big problem of consciousness, not only with humans, but with animals and humans. And not only animals, <laughs> as we all know nowadays. What do you mean? Come on, Elon Musk, Larry Page. Oh, I honestly can't believe that we're doing this. This is so fun, actually. <laughs> I promise you kissed the snake, so <laughs> I had to think something interesting anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see me how I look in this, in this costume. <laughs> you saw the picture, but to see the whole thing moving around, I feel like I'm getting married or something. <laughs> Okay, let's next question and maybe last. Of course, it's not the last one. Anyway, do you? I, I would. I would like to come to this. Uh, to this point about consciousness and uh, 
consciousness and AI. You brought it now. So recently we witnessed your first major disagreement with uh, your greatest mentor in life, Elon Musk. First time I saw you, I mean, being against him when, I mean, you sided with uh, Larry Page in their uh, debate about the development of artificial intelligence, where, where Larry, Larry Page uh, famously called him a species. And you took, I mean, we had a conversation, and you took the side of Larry Page instead of Elon Musk. I think first time I saw you clearly talking against Elon Musk. So can you talk about anyway, you brought this subject, and I wanted to ask you anyway, about the consciousness of animals and inanimate matter, silicon matter. But anyway, what 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 the species is, I mean, what, what the kind of an accusation is, uh, that Larry Page said for Elon Musk. How do you understand this? And you and you sided with, with, uh, I mean, the person who is against species. I mean, Larry Page. What means? What is a species? How do you understand this? Well, because I'm such a good podcaster, I know my limits. That explaining things is not the best. So I'm not the best in explaining things. So I will reverse the question. Can you explain to the audience what was the debate? of Elon Musk and Larry Page, teacher, please. I'm asking you to explain to the others. Anyway, I, I will say roughly, uh, we all know now that uh, we are in a critical point in the development of, of the artificial intelligence after the this large language models and the GPT-4 and chat GPT and all these things. And people are starting worrying that uh, this thing is getting intelligent uh, scary uh, for I mean that we we're reaching the point that we cannot uh, um, control it. We're reaching this singularity with everybody expecting that we, when the computers start controlling their actions somehow, let aside the the possibility of them developing consciousness. So. Uh, the question is, okay, we all honor and we respect life and consciousness and intelligence when it's, of course, um, carried by humans. And we all agree that the consciousness and the intelligence, okay, these two terms are not exactly the same. And we don't know if, we, if, if, if machines will ever obtain consciousness, but let's say, okay, intelligence. We honor the intelligence of, of a human being. And we say that human beings have their own intelligence with the consciousness coming together anyway, and we shouldn't kill them, we shouldn't stop them from thinking. And we, and then we can extend it to other species too. And there are some people that say no species have consciousness. and. No species have better intelligence than we have. Only humans have it. So this start to become like you put a difference between humans and the animals. This is species to say, okay, we worth more our consciousness or our intelligence worth more than other species. And you can put a, a ranking like, okay, humans have the highest value, other humans, then other apes have a bit less, then other monkeys a bit less, then other mammals a bit less, and then other vertebrates 
like uh, reptiles and fishes and uh, frogs. And then lower is the other animals that they are not vertebrates, like uh, war like worms and uh, snails. And then you go lower rank, uh, maybe f plants worth uh, less. That's why we have this vegan veganism. Vegans say you can kill a plant, and, but you cannot kill an animal to eat. So species is when you put your species, but also not on just your species, I guess, also your, your uh, family of species or your uh, order of species, the family around. So you make a circle basically around you and you say, those that look like me or my species or, or other species that they are closer to me or the whole kingdom of animals against, against uh, plants. So veganism is a kind of species because they say you, you are allowed to, to stop, to, to destroy the consciousness or the intelligence of an animal, but you cannot do this to an animal, whatever animal, even a crab, even a spider, whatever, but you can kill a, a, an onion or a potato because the onion is dead. When you, you, you eat the onion, you kill the whole plant. So, so okay, this is, this is what, what we call carbon intelligence because carbon is, is the, the main ingredient of, of life, of living organism. But now after the, the development of artificial intelligence, we, we start witnessing the, the development, let's say, of intelligence and perhaps consciousness developed by, by inanimate material based not on carbon, but in silicon, as we all know. The, I, mean, the, 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 I mean, the devices that carries this uh, kind of, uh, let's say, intelligence or consciousness are made of silicon. So now, this species circle can become uh, like bigger and say, okay, we include the, the whole of life inside, but anything else that is not living and have consciousness is not worth like us. So Elon Musk was saying like, we shouldn't, I mean, we shouldn't think of, of uh, inanimate consciousness, like silicon-based consciousness, even if it exists or intelligent, let's say, the same like, like, uh, the, the animate one, like the, the animal and even the plant ones, like the carbon-based one. And we should stop it from developing. And that's, that's the famous uh, six-month halt. And Larry Page uh, School of Thought said, no, why not? This also intelligence. Why to stop it from growing? Why to switch it off if we don't like it? We should respect it anyway. So I think this is a kind of debate and the question for you, okay, let's clarify it better. It's more common to call it like um, carbon chauvinism. It's more called than speciesism. So carbon chauvinism is to say that carbon intelligent, like intelligent carried by living organisms, no, intelligence that is carried by, and perhaps consciousness carried by, by living organisms based in carbon are higher than or the only one that's worth to care of compared to silicon intelligence that they are made by computers and algorithms and things like that. So in this conversation, which is interesting now because really this large language models looks like they have a kind of intelligence for sure and perhaps 
proto-consciousness, let's say, if consciousness is emergent phenomenon, which is another question, can be the other way around. So if complexity is the, the if complexity can create uh, consciousness, that maybe they already have consciousness. And the interesting thing is that why you sided with the Larry Page, the school that said that any kind of consciousness, animate or inanimate, is equal and not with Elon Musk. So now answer the question. Yeah, it's important to clarify that this is pro, uh, this is the two uh, most powerful man, let's say, on the planet. The person that owns Google, Larry Page, and Elon Musk, the, and one, both of them, they are one of the richest people in the world. And they are, this is kind of not a joke, I believe, this argument is that probably it will, it has a small possibility to determine the future of humanity, this argument. <laughs> but even a small possibility is like a big thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so do, do you think that we reach the, the singularity? We are close to this. We have to decide if we want this new form of, of intelligence and perhaps consciousness to be one of us. We reach this point, or you think it's just? It looks like it's 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 got consciousness. This uh, language models or whatever else, artificial intelligence form, and it's really not the case. So let, first, I want to answer the question like why I was uh, against Elon Musk, and uh, I will answer this question after. So. It's very, very, probably, probably even the first time in my life that I, I kind of disagree with Elon Musk uh, because I'm not a racist and I believe he, but I love him. It's like, I'm not, maybe I'm wrong and he's right, but I'm just explaining my thoughts through my experience, human experience. So uh, uh, I believe he is racist because if we are, who, who says that we are better? than plants or who says we are better than uh, computers and we need to have more value as humans than computers and who says that we don't need to develop uh, ai maybe uh, we are going we need to develop ai and just let it be what it will be and like we are racist with black people and uh, we are uh, this is not right uh, because we are all the same. I think uh, we are all the same living in this planet, even if you are artificial intelligent uh, thing. So that's why I, I agree with Larry Page more, because it, it just puts everything together and just let's create what will create and let's evolution do its thing. If we humans get exist, uh, like stop uh, uh, existing in this planet because of this, that's cool. Let AI do its part. And I think that um, that it's inevitable probably to happen. Uh, I want to be more optimistic, but I'm not. Because like countries, uh, to answer the second question, countries will start developing AI. And, and then uh, other or Google will start creating a AI and like SpaceX and maybe uh, ChatGPT and so many other companies. And this will become kind of a war 
who can uh, create better AI. And like nobody will be able to stop maybe a different country, El Salvador or China or uh, United States to do, maybe uh, to create artificial intelligence because nobody really understands it yet. It's like a black box that you don't know what is happening inside. So with cloning humans, everyone was seen that you can, it's not maybe cool or good for humanity to clone humans. And everybody kind of agreed, like whatever, 50, 60 years ago, okay, let's not close, clone humans. But here I don't think people understand what is AI and what is in the black box. So I think we're going to probably make the mistake or the right thing to uh, unleash AI. But this is might not be bad because we are, might be uh, might a lot of good things happen. Maybe uh, there is more uh, civilizations or different gal in different galaxies and different things that we are going to find now if uh, AI takes over and like uh, I don't know. Maybe we, we become like a zoo that AI is watching us like we watch animals. But yeah, this is my thoughts. Yeah, but this is not a scary possibility for us. I mean, to become, to have somebody higher than us and uh, become the slaves or the animals for this higher thing and beha behave to us and treat us like we treat animals. So if you, but okay, th but this is species anyway. So uh, even even if this, if evolution, this evolution that happens now with AI bring things in this uh, situation, you will agree. You said, okay, let it be and let us become the animals for something higher than us, if you can call this higher. Yes. Because one of the big reasons that I feel like that is because we don't know what's true anyways. So who are we to judge that... Uh, uh, and like I'm going a bit deeper now, maybe you can explain my thoughts because you know them better than me. So, uh, but who are we? we don't know anything about this world, anyways. Like maybe this is a simulation, and maybe where this is what is fake. Maybe there is so many things that, the, like some recently, some uh, physicist proved that space and time is not fundamental. So there is so many stuff that we don't know. So who are we to stop the AI? Maybe we are stopping something really great. Yes, you are absolutely right. I think if you say, if you if you say now uh, or in the past we should stop uh, black people or we should stop immigrants to come to Europe because they may destroy us. Now, if you look back, somebody would say this in the past. Would say they were so racist to think about this. They, they didn't destroy us. They just came and they're living with us and there's no problem when the immigrants came, let's say, to Europe. So AI can be the same. We, the one possibility is that they will destroy us. But the other possibility is that we will be living together with these uh, inanimate uh, conscious beings. So it, I think that the question can be, can you imagine a time that we will look back and say, imagine in those times they were thinking that the, that inanimate consciousness was not uh, equal with animate consciousness. 
like we, we, we say now in the past that some people were thinking that black people are not the same like white people. And now it's so, it's so funny to think about it. And maybe a time will come that we will think the same about the inanimate uh, conscious or intelligent beings. What do you think that this time will probably come? I'm not sure about your example that you're giving with, uh, uh, with, with this because maybe it's a bit different that, that now it's like a consciousness and like artificial intelligence if people will really, really understand it with, with black people. But yeah, I, I, I don't know about the example. What do you think about the example? No, the question is that will there be any time that we will think the same? It will sound so ridiculous to us, like it sounds to us today ridiculous that 100 years ago there were some white people that would think that somebody because he's black can be of a lower uh, importance okay. in, in terms of intelligence and consciousness. And we will laugh with ourselves 100 years after that we thought that inanimate consciousness is something lower or something different or something that you can kill, that you can stop, that you can switch off, whatever without asking it yeah and, and yeah it's it's very interesting I, I now now i understood like you well, you gave it like an example for us to look back and understand if we're going to do the similar thing but there is another thing that uh, people are talking which i find i don't know if it's possible i think people are saying this to to uh, to make themselves feel a bit better but uh they are saying about uh, if there is going to be a point that we are going to be emerged with the machines er earlier than AI will take over, and we we become one with the AI going to do stuff. Yeah, there are so many, so many options, but I believe that it's very possible that we will, whatever scenario will materialize, it's possible that after 100 years, let's say, we or as one with AI or whatever uh, we will become anyway, we will think back and we will laugh and we think ridiculous the way we are thinking now about this. It's possible. But it's hard to imagine a future after the singularity. Like this is uh, what the singularity is like. It's after uh, they take over or we take over together. It's difficult. I, I, I find it was I find very difficult to imagine a war, a world after a hundred years now, which is scary. You know, I think that we have no clue what can happen. So, any any decision we will take is equal is equally okay. I think now because we have absolutely no idea. So, the idea that when you face a problem. You always choose the easiest solution, the more, the less complicated, which is just let it be and we will see. It's maybe the better because we really don't know. I mean, singularity looks like it's near. So we don't really know who is wrong, who is right, Elon Musk or Larry Page, or because we have no clue how this thing will develop. And we are coming to what is the meaning in our life, me and yours, that we've, after discussing all these things countless uh, times, we, we came to a conclusion that, uh, may, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
anyways, the future is chaotic because one small decision that you do now can affect the future in so many different ways that you don't know what will happen. So just follow interestingness and fun. So if you follow interestingness and fun, then at least you are enjoying the journey, <laughs> which anyways is it's chaotic and you don't know where it will end. Yeah, this is in a personal level, but uh, even in a communal and in the humanity level can be the best way. If it looks interesting to, to develop AI more than not to develop it, it's like following interestingness. So just let it be anyway, it's chaotic and we don't know. And we always can look back and say, why we, we were thinking not to do this? It leads us in, in these wonderful uh, outcomes. Anyway, yeah, you know, th this philosophy of interestingness, of course, is uh, Kenneth Stanley's idea, one of our heroes. We have to mention him because it's mainly his ideas. And uh, yes, people maybe not see it, but when you set uh, fixed uh, you know, uh, goals in, in your life, it... Uh, uh, it looks like they will lead you somewhere, but anyway, things are so chaotic and, and so serendipitous. I mean, many times you expect other things and other things appear in front of you. So if you really want to follow something, don't follow these strict uh, goals that you, the tyranny of these goals that you have to fulfill them, even if you like it or not. Anyway, you don't know the journey, where it would lead you. Anyway, serendipity will choose for you so many things that you don't expect. At least if you want to follow something, follow interestingness, which is more fun and can lead you in better anyway, better, uh, more rich serendipity, let's say. And after and this can happen with, with all the things in life, like we, with, uh, we, there is a strong example that we were discussing about you don't know how your child will grow up, even if, if you overparent it or you parent it too, uh, too, uh, not enough, uh, or if you do, just take the path that it's a bit more, more fun, uh, but and interesting because uh, you don't know, like to overparent it like 30%, to overparent, to let it free a hundred percent, you don't know what the outcome is. Always. You can guess, you can do, you can reverse engineer, but if you just take the uh, path that it's more fun and more interesting, probably it's, it will be more, more interesting. When you are more happy, more energetic, and you are having fun, you are learning more, you are taking better decisions. So uh, I think when you put a goal, you are just limiting yourself to your potential, like you said. So yeah, uh, this is a big thing in our life and we have this uh, meaning of life, fun. To have fun and follow interesting paths. And I think because my battery is about to run, do you think it's, it's good teacher? By the way, this is my favorite podcast that I ever made so far. I, I wanted to ask you the standard questions, <laughs> final questions of 
of a proper Lex Friedman podcast, and <laughs> I don't want to cut it here. Found another battery somehow. Oh, okay. I will change my my battery of the camera. A few moments later. I, I wanted to ask you when you were alone there. Of course, most times you have people around you talk to you, isn't it? Yes, because uh, people were twenty four seven upstairs. They were bored by themselves <laughs> and they were talking to me <laughs> so, so you didn't really have long time for in, introspection and uh, inner conversations and it was not like a, a meditation retreat or something totally opposite well i i think i had three four hours per day to meditate but it, if you see if you think that i had like 15 hours a day that i was awake it's not a lot yeah, but what were you thinking? What topics were... I mean, you had no other stimulus from outside. What were you thinking mostly? I mean, which topics were inside your mind during your, your inner conversations? It was more reflection, what I'm doing wrong, how I can improve in the stuff that we're doing in YouTube as a human. But also it was a bit of planning of the future. Also, some questions like about death. Actually, I was thinking a lot. <laughs> Maybe coffee <laughs> helped a bit, <laughs> being buried alive. But I, I got a bit uh, more friendly and excited about death. Excited about death? <laughs> well, it makes sense after 10 days there. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a podcaster. I cannot hear you, Sam. Say, say, repeat again. Yes, I'm doing a podcast with Lex. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lex? Uh, oh, so Michalis is got in the camera. So you see, guys, people are jumping in the cameras and they're talking with me. <laughs> okay, Michalis, we talk late. Okay, I love you, brother. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Congratulations. Good night. This is my this is my big brother. So my big brother was saying congratulations. For what? That I I'm getting close to finish the challenge in in exactly six hours. I will be unburied. So let's let's continue. Uh... So, you know, <laughs> I think I wanted to ask you always a personal question. People, I'm, I'm sure they, they are, they are <laughs> always wondering why you're so confident that you will become a billionaire. Why, why do you get this confidence so much? I mean, you, you are always saying this, even before that you had no chance to become something like that, and it looks like it's becoming kind of true. I mean, you are kind of right. Nobody would believe you when you were saying that, uh, look, guys, I don't want to study. I want to become a billionaire, just a billionaire. I don't want anything else. People are laughing at you in the beginning, and now it starts look like, I mean, now you make some money. I mean, it, maybe you are right in the beginning. So what do you find all this confidence? How 
you can predict your future. How do you have this confidence? Because it looks like it was not just a joke. Well, in in the beginning, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's funny. Uh, 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 first of all, I feel, to be honest, that I'm still discovering my possibilities. Um, I feel like a child still learning how to do stuff. And like, for example, when I became a Navy SEAL, I was like, oh, wow, I can do that. And then I was like, oh, I can travel for free. Oh, wow, I can do that. And then I was like, oh, I can uh, become a YouTuber. Oh, wow, I can do that. And I'm so, and like after meeting my idols, <laughs> Elon Musk and Mr. Beast, I, it became a lot more real that I, I can become a billionaire because I saw them that they don't have something better than me in a way. And they're still humans that they go to poop and they have problems and they just have just their critical thinking and they're reflecting and all this stuff. But, uh, but the question is, why did I have it from the beginning? Uh, I don't know, probably arrogance and uh, any sense of not understanding how difficult it is. Probably those two. So you th you think it's a coincidence, like it was just arrogance and uh, just ignorance in the beginning, and then just happened? I, I think uh, it. First of all, I think the environment that I grew up in, like all the stuff, it really helped me, and I was very lucky. But also, I think it's probably a kind of a placebo effect. There is studies that forty percent of the pills that we take uh, for medicine, they are working because we think they work, not because they are actually working. So it's placebo. So maybe it's 40% of that. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, yes, I, I, I don't know. Also, I believe I, I have some genes that uh, are very uh, they are helping me i'm very 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 optimistic like i am always looking every oh, even if the situation is the worst i i find uh, beauty in it and i'm happy and i'm excited so i have some traits that allow me to do stuff for long periods of times uh and also i have i found some things that i love like learning and making videos and all these things. But uh, yes, to be honest, I don't know how to answer your question. It's like so many unknown unknowns that I don't know the real truth. Yeah, you cannot really explain why it happened. I understand you, yeah. But it's very important uh, for you to comment on that because now I'm 23 and I was your student when I was 17 at high school, you are my physics teacher. And I, I don't know what you think about this question. I don't know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but, but you know, I had a feeling, a slight feeling that it was not just a joke. I don't know why. I, don't, I can't explain that. When you were saying that everybody was laughing, I was, was also laughing, but 
I, I had some feeling that the, something is serious about it. I don't know. There is a ch I can't explain. I could see that something maybe is not a hundred percent a joke or arrogance or I don't know. I I can't explain it. It, it sounds like it meant to be. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I, but I, I I really remember it. It was it was strong that something is there somehow. It's very interesting, but uh, me, because I see myself every day and like you see me every day, maybe it's uh, so I, I'm curious to see back then if it was something abnormal about me. And you was not the norm. I mean, you, you, you were, <laughs> you never, you was never the average person anyway, since I know you. It always was something weird about you anyway. But uh, in this direction, okay, many people, there were other people also too that they were saying, look, everybody's laughing at him, but look, even in the first step that you start looking like maybe you are something serious, many people appear and say, look, I always knew that uh, he, I mean, he, it, maybe your determination is, is way above the the average maybe that's what people could sense maybe this was i could sense too this determination you have probably i don't know uh, yeah but it's, 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 it's anyway it's something something that unexpected unexplainable in this anyway so you are uh, you had recently your birthdays how many 53 something like that 54 i don't know who cares anyways age is just a number but like it's it's very abnormal for you to be because we, uh, we were not friends when we best friends while you were my teacher but after i became like 19 finished the finished the army then i went to uh, uh, traveling and after i was traveling with no money you saw something and i was i was always very curious and i was tra tra forcing you to spend time with me but how a f an old man like you he became best friends with a, a, a youngster like me? Look, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I have a kind of condition. I don't know. I cannot see age <laughs> in people. I, 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 I can't see. The, I, I, I can become friends. I, I used to be friends with all very old people. And I, I can't see this word. What we call age, and I, and I don't believe that it's, it's it's an issue anyway. I mean, if I, if I see when I see my students, they are 15, 14 sometimes, and I, I can't see that I'm some something higher than them or something whatever different. I, and I think it's a, it's a kind of chauvinism or racism, or how you call it, ageism maybe is the proper term. To, to, to think that somebody that is younger is dif is different. And I think this age thing and this uh, anything, all this age thing is more social construct, especially the youngsters today. We, they have this all this experience in, in internet. I, we, would, we talk about this many times anyway. Sometimes they are, they are smarter than like I, I enjoy much more and I learn much more during the conversation with young people. So I couldn't see any reason why not to become best friends with you because, I mean, you, you, you had all these interests. Uh, maybe 
you tuned in, in my interest because we are talking so long since you had not so many interests about uh, philosophy and uh, history and all these things. Maybe that's why I see you, I mean, so so close. But anyway, all these subjects we, we're discussing, I have nobody else to discuss. And these things are interesting to me and are interesting to me. And I can find nobody else to be interested so much in philosophy and history and science in the way I'm interested. So maybe you, you tune to my interests, but I enjoy much more spending time with you because we're talking about the things that I'm interested. If it would be much better to become friends with uh, an old, all the person in my age and talk about football all the time, would you, would this be more mature? What can be more mature to talk about this the subject that we all always talk the whole day? I mean, people in my age, most of them talk about football all the time or about their girlfriends or whatever. Do you think that this is? This is more mature to be. I mean, I can't see any reason why not to become best friends with you anyway. So uh, you mentioned uh, spending time with youngsters, you learn more stuff. What, do you get other stuff spiritually when you spend time with a young person? Like, do you do you think you're, you become, is more about because youngsters know how to use the internet and they learn a lot of stuff. Do you think they have kind of an energy? Like, do you think they're more excited about life? Do you get something else? Like a vampire absorbing their energy. <laughs> no, no, they, they, they are more informed about things that I'm interested. I mean, if I want to talk about the chat GPT, for example, I, I'm, I will not go to the, to the teachers. I will go outside to talk with the students about the AI, about things that I'm interested, they know more things anyway. They're more informed. They are very informed. And I, I learn things with, I mean, I learn things because they are 24-7 above the social media. And they become more mature in a sense. I mean, okay, in some, some cases, maybe it's more relaxed to talk with uh, people of my age, but if I can have both, I mean, in the school, that it's very obvious that I have both. I mean, the, the teachers and they are the, the students and they are separated. The, when we have like free time, the, the students are in the outside, the teachers are in the the place where they gathered anyway. So I, 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 I like equally, but it's different to, to talk to young people. Okay, this all this energy, maybe I, I didn't grow up. Maybe something is wrong with my prefrontal cortex. Maybe <laughs> because I can feel so so comfortable among young people anyway. And maybe I'm still crazy enough, like I mean, crazy like a young person. I don't know, but uh, is, okay, this cannot be the case because I enjoy also the the, the company of, of people of my age and older. Uh, maybe it's because I like to learn with from different, uh, like I, I used to travel and I, I used to like to to learn about different cultures and different, I mean, ethnic groups and, and different nations and. So the young people are like a different nation, like a different uh, ethnic group. So it's like traveling, talking with them. It's like new experience. Maybe because I'm open to 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 hear them. I don't know, but I cannot. I cannot really. I cannot see any any difference in in rank. To put like older people are higher in rank and more clever, more smart, more whatever. I cannot see it anyway. Maybe it's there and I'm blind to see it, but. I, I can't see that. I mean, 
they, they look equal to me anyway. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so can we finish this billionaire thing? I, I wanted to ask you, and maybe people want to know, what's the purpose of you wanting to become a billionaire? I mean, wh why you want to become, you to have a, a, the life of a billionaire? You don't look like, I mean, I'm sure you, you can enjoy life with zero money, as everybody knows, especially with zero is your speciality. But, but uh, so, so why you wonder why you wanted in the first place to become a billion? It, it will be fun. The person that did all these videos, traveling with no money and having big fun in all these countries to be a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a paradox anyway, but what was the, the initial purpose and what's the purpose now? To have a luxury life, to have big yachts and big houses. I mean, this is not your style. So why you, on earth you want all this money? Uh, I think it's evolving through the years, but always I had this funny feeling uh, that uh, I don't know if everyone has it, that they are, I felt it real that I will become a billionaire. <laughs> so it was very real for me through all this time. But anyway, so the, the, why I want to become a billionaire is uh, because I think uh, I can form uh, big teams like, let's say, Elon Musk to solve some problems in humanity, like Elon Musk. And that's why he's my hero. For example, SpaceX. He's trying to solve a problem of us becoming a non-multi-planet uh, civilization, which is very exciting. Also, Tesla is trying to solve uh, the problem of electric cars, and it, uh, it helped, I think, the world in positively. Also, Twitter now, if they are not censoring and they have free speech, in comparison to the previous thing, I think it's helping the world in a big uh, way. So. Uh, or neuraling if it works in the future and we become smarter or what, all these things. So I, I want to be able to help the world in whatever way possible. And the only way to do that is to become a billionaire, I think. So kind of billionaire is the side effect of the impact that I want to have. And using those billions to do more good, hopefully, in a way that I feel is uh, is necessary. Maybe all my ways is stupid, and maybe I at the end I become harmful in a way that I don't know. But so far, my innocent uh, want to help humanity, or not only humanity, maybe uh, cyborgs as well and artificial intelligence. <laughs> Let's see in the future. <laughs> so it's clear that you don't want these billions for yourself, but to change the world for the better. For, for you, inside you, it's clear that it's not about you. And it was always the case. Yes, it's very clear about uh, with me. And I think actually, uh, it's, as we discussed, having no options, like here in the coffin, maybe you have more happier and relaxed life and like having billions gives you all, all the options in the world so uh, I, 
I don't think I want but it sounds more fun for me to try to solve the biggest questions in the world or to solve the biggest problems. I ask, I don't know if I will be successful, but I will try my best to do all these things. And it's, it's coming from just a pure thing, honestly. When I look, I don't find any... <laughs> I'm in the box. I, I, this is what my incentives are. But like, maybe I, I don't understand myself well or whatever. But like, it's purely just me when I think. Uh, just want to try to solve, make the world uh, or something cooler or something. And as as I understood you can have a change as a human if you form large groups together to do stuff. So I don't know, this is the answer. I, I think it's clear enough. I mean, I don't know if many people will believe you. Maybe we'll say that, yeah, he's saying like this, but no, people would always think that ah, these people want the money for themselves. They just They say they want to change the world as a justification of it. But for me, it's absolutely clear. I'm sure you don't need money. <laughs> For sure, it's not. I mean, it's for me. It's clear that this is the reason you want. I mean, I, I I can see it clearly that this is the reason you want all this money, not for you to be like have a more luxurious life. And anyway, let's move to another question now. So when I meet uh, smart people, I always ask them how to learn faster. So uh, I think you, you must know it anyway, after asking all, all, all these people during your podcasting uh, career. So what do you think? How can somebody learn, can learn faster? <laughs> I thought you are asking Lex Friedman questions. This is more uh, Fidia Spanayotu question. <laughs> I, I think how you learn faster is by doing what we said before, following interestingness and while you are having fun, like when when I get bored of a book, uh, if I, I I stop listening it because it's not fun anymore. It's becoming like a chore. So I just follow what is fun and just do uh, like not to a stupid thing. Like I, of course I'm going to do some stuff that I need to do for the YouTube channel, the company, and like just not follow fun all the time, twenty four seven. But like I. Uh, you need to do some stuff. You need to uh, eat food. Maybe food is not fun for you or whatever. But like for as a principle to follow just your interestingness, you are going to probably learn a lot longer. And like also surrounding yourself uh, with clever people than you. Like for example, I did that with you. You are the uh, one of the only people that I found like so much growth. And I was forcing you all the time to spend time with me. I was texting you, oh, what, what you are you doing? And now with the podcast, is uh, the way for me to spend time with all these people because when you spend time, you kind of smell them. You think the way that they think. Like uh, you, it's, it's kind of a cheat code to learning. So following interestingness, also podcasts that help me, but also having people to discuss all these things. I think it's helping as well, like because you can listen a podcast, but when you don't have one person to kind of talk 
the stuff that you learn or you are excited about, it's, uh, I think is half the learning. So there is so many cheat uh, codes, but it's kind of on an individual level. So there is nothing uh, that I can say, oh, do this or a step, but it's just pain, it's being self-aware of how do you learn faster and just reverse engineering. So being, so what Socrates said, being self-aware probably is the answer and reverse engineer that and learn faster for yourself and your needs. So I have to change batteries, but I, I want to ask you, have you ever tried to learn something without uh, feeling this uh, interestingness, this uh, fun and desire just because you have to learn it? Because obviously you know a lot of stuff, you learn a lot. I mean, you, you are like, you graduate for, from a few universities, I, I can't say. But have you ever tried to learn like other people are trying to force themselves to learn like regular students and university students or you always having fun when you learn and when you, when you don't have this fun, you just stop it and you change subjects? Never. Uh, <laughs> uh, but maybe when I was 17, 18, because I was kind of conditioned to feel that's how you're supposed to learn to for yourself. Uh, force yourself to learn stuff but after it was through life just absorbing life and like just finding the smartest people in the room and asking them questions so just uh, yeah so I I don't have a formal education of a university or anything like that and I don't think I need it <laughs> and I don't think no, I think nobody needs it and they're just fooling themselves But anyway, it's just a playground, the universities that you can learn more stuff. So I'm okay with them. So the answer, the, the answer was clear. You almost never force yourself to learn. The, yes. Now, the last four years, yes. Well, it's very interesting anyway. <laughs> For people to force it, themselves to learn all the time and hate it. Sounds very interesting anyway. So, uh, well towards the end. By the way, congratulations. I think it's already day 10, isn't it? Yes, it's day 10. Yes, it's day 10. So in five hours, I will be out of this coffin. Well, not five more. Seven, eight, nine, whatever. Yes, in seven and a half hours. So being a young person, uh, obviously, you know the future better. Do you have any advice for old people like me? So you reverse the question, advice for Lex, uh, asking advice to, for younger people to <laughs> older her. <laughs> for older people, yeah. Young people can give advice to older people, of course, because they know the future better. <laughs> I guess use AI. <laughs> Give to other old people that watch this podcast, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, for me, for example, this stuff, this challenge, uh, I found beauty in these challenges of any kind of challenge. Uh, it's kind of putting you through ups and downs. Maybe even the failure is strong emotions. So having some kind of challenge in your life uh, it's uh, it should bring uh, uh, more uh, 
fun because and more strong emotions uh, and actually it's kind of an artificial way to be happier because you are I'm let's say uh, excited for the end goal and then I'm getting the payoff and I'm excited to finish the challenge and I'm getting hardships like always people are very happy when they finish hard things like always when the people sitting in the table they say stories about how hard was that experience or all these things so uh, we are very yes doing uh, challenges is kind of one fun way to go through life also uh, I don't know just have fun and not be afraid of anything in a way and uh, yes I, when I said I was closer to death I came closer to death and I became excited about death in this challenge I really was thinking about like that nobody, everyone will die and like we're just here and like even as a YouTuber with millions of subscribers, like I will not matter at all if I die and like there will people will remember me, like my family will remember me, let's say maybe for a couple of years, my family for the rest of their life, but uh, I'm nothing in this world and I'm irrelevant. So I'm like, I really came content with the, with the death thing and like it's fun and exciting and like what i was like what it's it's interesting like it what what will be the i'm excited to learn what will be after this and like well, let's say we it will should it will be like we don't know there is god there is no god uh, there is heaven there is absolutely nothing after this is maybe where it's like opening the VR and seeing what it's real actually, because I don't think the real world maybe is, I don't know, the space and time that we are living, maybe something different. So I don't know. Yes. So death uh, is interesting. So, so, so the, 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 in, in short, the advice is like, don't be afraid of death if you are near it, because it might be very interesting. <laughs> Yes, old people that you are going to die. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the whole the whole time we, I mean the whole podcast we're doing here is full of dozens of advices for old people. Believe me. Anyway, so so I, I'm sure, but but the final one, the, the way you describe it was amazing. Anyway, yeah, really, and and it's very close to the final question. Anyway, which is the silly question. Why we're here? What do you think that is all this about? What's the meaning of life? Oh, <laughs> I always ask this question. I never been asked this question. <laughs> Come on, think of a meaning, whatever, to finish it. <laughs> uh, What's in here? I don't know, but uh, not hear you. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I think probably similar to what Elon Musk is saying. What I believe to 
we are here to find out. So let's find out. Uh, let's ask better questions to get closer to the truth. And if we get uh, closer or further to the truth while we're alive, maybe it's some progress. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's quite clear anyway, yeah. So understand what, I mean, the meaning of life is maybe searching for the meaning of life somehow. Yes. Asking better questions. Questions are very cool. So I think we reached the end of uh, this single episode of this uh, <laughs> single episode podcast. So you need to close it by the quote. I let you like Lex Friedman all the time. He's making a closing. And now they are friends. <laughs> I didn't thought about it. I have no quotes ready anyway. Okay, you, you will come up with something. Now, goodbye, guys. Thank you for me. And I will leave you to my teacher to end this. And now, let me leave you some words. A real failure needs no excuses. It is an end in itself. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.